What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. and with me is Elliot Niblock and Polly Costell. We're going to take a little bit of a look here at England's World Cup squad as that got selected here yesterday. And then we'll also discuss what happened with France and their selection here. Didier Deschamps revealed his squad here today on Thursday. And then we'll have to talk up the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Manchester United. That's at Wembley on Saturday. So uh, first and foremost, England and their World Cup squad. They're going to Russia with 23 players. Southgate did not do one of those, uh, you know, provisional 30-man squads or whatever. I saw Panama picked like 35 players in their first. Most teams didn't, though. No, I'm yeah. g- good. Good. I don't understand, I, I don't understand the, the why not, though. Like, what's the harm in doing that? I feel like it's a bigger – and, like, well, England did a very weird YouTube video as their squad selection. Yeah. So, like, clearly, you know, they have picked up a – a few things from the U.S. from U.S. soccer who refuses to let a single roster announcement go without making it a PR thing. <laughs> um, like it's just an extra PR thing. Like what? Like yeah, you named some alternates, but like why not name a thirty-man squad? There's no rule well, that because, says like. I, I mean, I think that the ear- like the earlier you get the core group of players and they know that they're the core group of players, the quicker that you can start to kind of you know, galvanize the chemistry that's already present from the build-up to the World Cup, as opposed to, you know, having everybody in camp know that a dozen of them are not actually going to be on the plane to Russia. And so that, you know, it it introduces another X factor into the camaraderie that you're trying to build in the build-up to the biggest world tournament. Um, yes, I, that's, that is completely fair. Um, I think though, like if you if you base off the March friendlies and what a lot of and like this year a lot of teams really handled those March friendlies well. Gareth Southgate very much played the team that he's really looking at. Um, he kind of tipped his hand as to what he's trying to do when it comes to the World Cup. So like I would think you for the most part know not only who your twenty three are, but who your starting eleven are. Now maybe you know nine of the eleven or eight of the eleven and. And, you know, the other three are 100% in that 23. And it's you come into camp and they could play their way into the 11. But what about, like, guys that, you know, maybe they just started to do well in February. So it was like, hey, they've had two or three good games, um, you know, before this team got announced. So I'm not going to call them in because it's just been two or three good games. But they maintain that form throughout the rest of the season. And then you say, like, we could bring him into camp. And it's like, yeah, I know who my 23 is, but this guy's number 25 and he can play his way on in camp. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see an argument for that too. But, I mean... Well, the, aren't the standby no still says, on no one says in you camp have to call in. But no one says you have to call in 30 and say, now I'm going to make my decision. You can call in 30 and say, like, I already know who my 23 are, but, like, let's see if this seven... Can if any one of these seven can make me change my mind? Yeah, yeah. That's... And you could tell them. You could tell them when they get to camp. You could say like, "Hey, look, like right now you're on the cusp." And I, I still, I still think that that changes the mentality to a more individualistic mindset of, oh, "Okay, I've got to prove myself," as opposed to, "Okay, now this is us. We are England. We are France. Whatever." 
it's time to say we know who we are we're all going together let's build something bigger than ourselves and make this happen for our nation okay but all right but like when are you going to camp like when are most camps convening this week like isn't that how it goes like all the camps are going to convene this week and it's always the two teams in the champions league who send their players late yeah so i mean when do your when does the world cup start june 9th when do your games start you know like remember last world cup uh, if we think all the way back to the last time the U.S. qualified for this tournament, um, they had a 30-man roster. And the news was, of course, that Landon Donovan didn't make it. But that happened, like the U.S. played three games before they went to Brazil. And they were in Brazil for a few days before the World Cup started. And then from there, they had a week from when the World Cup started to when their first game was. They cut that roster down to 23 before their first game. So... Like, they had 30 guys in camp so that Jurgen can say, all right, I don't think you're going to cut it and, or you didn't do enough in camp to change my mind. But by the time the game started and they played three games before heading down there, it was, this is the U.S. team. This is our team. This is our squad. This is the team that's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, eight- you know, like, and, and eight years ago in, in South Africa in 2010, the U.S. played all three games and didn't cut the, the roster down to 23 until after their third game. It was like they used all three games as a trial. So there is room to do both. And there's certainly room for what you said is it creates that mindset of like, we are the U S but you could do that after having everybody in camp for a week. England will play two friendlies, one against Nigeria on June 2nd and then Costa Rica, June 7th before they leave yeah. for Russia on Did- June 12th. Did you right, guys so right see there, that? Like, uh, did you see where just real quick? Did you guys see that Nigeria is also playing a friendly against Atletico Madrid? What? I do. Yeah. You know, it's all right. So all right, but wait, like, because, you know, uh, friendlies, like, outside of England are weird as hell. Like, teams <laughs> do them all the time. Like, they do them all the time. Like, you know, Germany, they, they play friendlies in the winter because they have the long winter break. So, like, everybody says, oh, oh, German teams don't play for six weeks. It's like they take a week off and then they play friendlies for another four. Like, they go on another preseason tour. Dortmund played in the Super Cup this year and played a friendly at home the next day. Like, it's it's just, you know, also Nigeria. They're playing Atletico Madrid, but who's playing for, for Atletico Madrid? Yeah, that's uh... weird. Yeah. Okay, let's go through the squad here. So This isn't like playing on FIFA where like you play France versus Atletico Madrid and Griezmann plays for both teams. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he might do, you know, he could do one half on each team. Uh, right, but we're saying at the same we're saying simultaneously, Seb. Yeah, that that would be kind of he didn't, he wait, only did plays Pele attack. Pele did that cuz Brazil played a friendly Yeah, against... in testimonials people do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, let's go through the squad here. So, your three goalkeepers are Jack Butland, Stoke, Jordan Pickford, Everton, and Nick Pope, Burnley. And then Tom Heaton is the alternate. That's a big fall from grace for Tom Heaton, really. Yeah, but at the same time, Nick Pope has been very, very good. He has been, but Jordan Pickford's going to be the number one. I mean, I, I'm just, it's just cool that Burnley, you know, they got the third keeper and the fourth keeper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I guess that yeah, regardless of whether it's 23 or 35, I think that although Paulie, I agree with you that Pickford probably has the edge. I wouldn't be surprised if 
even in camp, Butland was able to edge him for the number one spot because I see them as almost neck and neck. We have, if even if Pickford does have a slight advantage. Yeah, I would give it to Pickford as well. It's hard. It's kind of hard to know where Butland stands too after you know playing for Stoke. Yeah. Well, again, God, look at the fall for from grace of Fraser Forster. A year ago, I was certain mm-hmm. that he would be the England number one. And I mean, that's international soccer, though. It's yeah. it's literally about when you play well. Yeah. And and when and you know like when you're on good form and not, and when you're not. And we'll talk about this when we talk about France and Dimitri Payet, like. If you if you look at Dimitri Payet's international career, it's the biggest flash in the pan ever. Like if you look at all the years he's had caps for France, it's like three one year, four one year, four one year, uh, and then all of a sudden it's seventeen in one year and eight goals, and he has like nine international goals. So it's it's just all about when you're you know if if the World Cup was last year, yeah, Fraser Forster would probably be starting, but it mm-hmm. wasn't last year. Yep. But you feel good with these three. No one's going to make yeah. a case for Joe Hart? No. Okay, good. No, we discussed not. Joe Hart last week. Yep, Absolutely good. No. Okay, your defenders. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool, Gary Cahill, Chelsea, Fabian Delph, Man City, Phil Jones, Man United, Harry Maguire, Leicester, Danny Rose, Spurs, John Stones, City, Kieran Trippier, Spurs, Kyle Walker, City, and Ashley Young, United. Yeah, I don't feel like there are any huge surprises there. It's a lot of center backs for a team that like is planning on playing a back three um, with new, like different, like I'm actually surprised Gary Cahill made it unless like, I mean, I don't expect Gary Cahill to play. It's Gary Southgate wants these like diverse center backs, but Kyle Walker's going to play as a center back, not as a right back. Really? You think so? Yeah. That's how he played him in April. But who, who do you, who do you stick in that middle three then? It'll be like it'll be probably it'll be Kyle Walker or let's see who played in April. It'll probably be Kyle Walker. It'll probably be Harry Maguire, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Good for him. Go Foxes. Good for you. Who was the last one that played there? Like, like you know, I didn't expect uh, Smalling to be there. I really didn't expect Kale to be there. I didn't really expect Phil Jones to be there. Really, I think um, I think despite Chelsea's you know profligate. It's the type of it's the type of center back he is. Like he's looking for more, you know, ball at their feet can play out the back center backs. Yeah. Um, Oh, John Stones will probably be there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Although it's funny because I mean, if they do go with the back three, I think we could see Fabian Delph on the starting 11 for the first game at England in the world. I don't think they, I don't think we'd see Fabian Delph as a starting as a starting 11 cuz Danny Rose is there. Well, but yeah. I mean, I could still see him as a as playing wing back if they when go When they the play, yeah, no, he'll be there as a he is listed as a midfielder. Yeah, he which is, is listed but, as but a like, midfielder. No, he would play if they go with the back 3, he will play as a wing back for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, Look, when they played the Netherlands, they lined up with Kyle Walker, John Stones, and Joe Gomez as their center backs. So, I mean, that that was the, the statement of intent from um, from Gareth Southgate, which is why I was so surprised to see so many more, quote-unquote, classic center backs in there. Yeah. Like Gary Cahill and Phil Jones and... Um, and Harry Maguire and everybody. I, I, I think they're more set to play that 
that back three, unless like the injury to Alex Oxley Chamberlain changes everything, which I don't think it should because you have Jesse Lingard. He also he also yeah. may uh, he also could easily slot Eric Dyer back there so that they could play like a hybrid, mm-hmm. so that yeah. you know he could be that center guy and step into the midfield, and then you know if you have to go to a back four, Dyer just slots up. Yeah. yeah. Although, and I I mean honestly, I think that even if even if Oxley Chamberlain was healthy, then it would be probably Loftus Cheek who makes way for. The Ox rather than Jesse Lingard because speaking of well, Jesse Lingard was going to start right anyway. Jesse yeah, Lingard like practically played himself into a starting spot. Regardless, yeah, no, I, I he started think he those has. games. He started the, he started against the Netherlands with Oxley Chamberlain and with Raheem Sterling and with uh, uh, Marcus Rashford started it because Harry Kane was hurt. But it was Lingard, Oxley Chamberlain, Henderson, Sterling, and Rashford. That was your that was yeah. the front five. Yeah. So your midfielders are Deli Ali, Spurs, Dyer, Spurs, Jordan Henderson, Liverpool, Jesse Lingard, Man United, and Ruben Loftus Cheek, Chelsea. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a fine midfield. I, I mean, it's it, it's not. I mean, you say it's okay, but like it doesn't get better. I mean, name me a better player that they left out, and don't say yeah. Jack Wilshere. No, no. I mean that that's the thing. I mean, it's okay. They, yeah, they, and I. They took I mean, what they I, have. Yeah, and I think that Jack Wilshire could have contributed something to this team in Russia, but I also don't have any issue with him being left out. Yeah. Uh, your forwards. Uh, uh, I mean, I, it's not just like that they, they took what they have, but also like, okay, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is on the team. Like, okay, you know, but when you look at it at the grand scheme of things, 1 through 18 is really good. Like, if Ruben Loftus-Cheek is number 22 or number 23, like, Okay, if you have to go to number 22 or 23, like, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, if he gets a couple of minutes in the third game when they already advance, I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, he also could just be there for a role the same way that, what's his, uh, um, what's his name? Not Brad Evans, but uh, the guy with the, the left-footed midfielder who started for the U.S. against Germany in, in the 2014 World Cup. And everybody's like, wait, why was he on the team and why is he starting against Germany? It's like, that was the role he was supposed to play. Like he was never going to play anything else except for that game. And you could do that when you, you know, you have 22 guys, but you need one through 18 yep. is what you need. Yeah. Your forwards, Harry Kane, Spurs, Marcus Rashford, Man United, Raheem Sterling, Man City, Jamie Vardy, Lester, and Danny Welbeck, Arsenal. I was a little surprised to see Welbs in there, but I feel a similar so was way I. that like. I was really, I was really you know, surprised to see Welbeck. Especially he, if you're playing. Again, especially if you're planning on playing with a back three and, and you're going to go with your wing backs, then where does Welbeck really fit in? He's, he's a utility player. He's totally – he's like – He's a utility player in yeah. that, like, he could play down the middle. Okay, but you have Kane, Vardy, and Rashford in that order to play down the middle. And if you're going to put him out wide, like, then you're, you're playing with a back four because otherwise you have – if you're playing with a back three, like, you have Ashley Young, you have Karen Trippier, you have um, – you have Jesse Lingard who could do that. You have so many other guys who could play out wide before Welbeck. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's the Harry Kane breaks his leg insurance policy. And I mean, but no, but that's what Jamie Vardy is. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I, here's the thing. Like, but like, so in terms no, but, of this, it's like Welbeck to me is the last guy in the squad. And yeah, that, I agree. And the last guy in the squad can ease like you can you can use that for so many different examples. If there's now. If you have a team like Germany where there's 
40 guys knocking on the door, then like, yeah, you can't take a player like Danny Welbeck or you can't really take a chance on someone. This, the way, like, what England could have done here is instead of taking Danny Welbeck, they, remember when they took Theo Walcott in 2006 and he was 16? It was like, whoa, who's that? Now, that is a very good way for England to cast the spotlight on someone way too early and ruin that guy's career. But here's, um, so, but, I, like, they could have they taken a flyer on Sessegnon from Fulham, who had a fantastic season, albeit in the championship, but, like, had a fantastic year and has so much upside and would have been a little bit of a needle mover. Like, instead, they just take Welbeck, where it's, like, cool. I mean, I think uh, I would have... injured again? Like, probably. I would have gone with Lewis Cook. Really, he's yeah, one like of you, the standbys. But I would have brought him in and then have Welbeck on standby. I mean, I think... See, I think Welbeck... So, here's the thing about Welbeck, is that he is... Don't try to not, defend him. Don't try to defend him, Elliot. This is... No, you're not going to so, win this. Right, no, let, like, me, right, let me finish. Jesus whatever you're going to say... Whatever you're going to say, and you're going to say, like, he does this well, and he does that well, and he, and he can play in this position, and he can play in that position. Everything about that is true. But name a situation that you would, like, where you would be like, Welbeck would come in, and then tell me that there isn't a player on this roster that you would say, oh, that guy would probably be better suited to come in in that position. So that's not, that's not what I was going to say. And here's the thing. Is that so many times on this show, we talk about how – form doesn't carry over even within a single club from one competition to another and then also the difference between club and international football and Danny Welbeck is to a certain extent to England as Lucas Podolski is to Germany neither of them lit the world on fire with any of their clubs neither of them are going to be considered world class in club football and yet both of them have better international goal scoring records than many other players that you would argue are better in their positions, and yet they play consistently with the national shirt on, and for that reason, I think, fine, yeah, he is the last guy on the bus, but you know what? He's still a fine utility player. Okay, so uh, let's get on here. Lewis Cook, like I said, he's one of your your standbys, so is Tom Heaton, as we always said. Adam Lalana, Jake Livermore, and James Tarkovsky are the other ones. Uh, we'll take a short break here. When we come back, we'll discuss France and their selection, and then we'll take a look ahead at the FA Cup final. So stick around. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's take a look at France and the uh, squad that they selected for the World Cup. Uh, a couple of noticeable names not on the roster Alexandre Lacassette and Anthony Martial, both on standby for France. Uh, Dimitri Payet is out with an injury. So your squad here. Alphonse Ariola, PSG, Hugo Lloris, Spurs, Steve Mandanda from Marseille. I just, it's, it's just hilarious how Arsenal had Olivier Giroud and they signed Lacazette. And like, I, made fun, I said it all through the fall. I went, you're signing like a Zet who doesn't even start for his national team because the guy who starts ahead of him is on the bench at Arsenal, and now like a Zet doesn't even make the national team. Granted, he is I, on I the don't worst, care. That's great. He's on the worst form ever, but oh, that's God. Fine. That's, that's fine. I'm totally fine with Lacazette not going to the World Cup. And again, speaking to the difference between club and international football, I, I, would, I would be surprised if Lacazette is outside of the top five for goals and also outside of the top five for assists by strikers 
even the top three next season. Prove me wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, defenders, Luca Hernandez, Atletico Madrid, personal Kim Bempe, PSG, Benjamin Pavard, Stuttgart, Benjamin Mendy, Man City, Gibril Sidibi, Monaco, Adil Rami, Marseille, Samuel Umtiti, Barcelona, and Rafael Varane, Real Madrid. So a very nice looking defense there, even without, you know, a guy like Laporte. Yeah. I, or without Koscielny. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. But... I have a lot of time for MTT. I think he's fantastic. He just sounds I, it, like I what the just, what are those little guys? Star Wars. The uh, the Ewoks. Yes. What? That's I, not what the Ewoks it, sound like. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> find it crazy that Umatiti like didn't play for club or country until like the semifinals of the Euros, and then like he stepped in and was like, "Hey, this guy's really freaking good," which is pretty much a microcosm of French football. Like nobody pays attention to the French league. And then you buy a French player and it's like, Hey, this guy's really freaking good. Or like, Hey, we bought this guy from a league two French side and Oh, you'll never believe this. He's really good. Well, I think Umtiti was on the radar for a while. He was really good when he, he was, was he, just, he, he got called in. Yeah, but he was one, he was one of those guys that like, you know, France took a chance on. He didn't have any caps and they just took a chance on him and he got pressed into action and boom, like it was like, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, depending on how they want to go here, if they want to go with a back three or or just a back, you know, a duo. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's City of Deschamps. They're not going with a back three. I mean, their their biggest issue right now is that their best team on paper is a four three three, and when they did that at the Euros, it didn't work. Yeah, uh, midfielders: uh, Blaise Blaze, Matuidi, Juventus, Angola Kante, Chelsea, Steven Insonsi, Sevilla, Paul Pogba, Man United. Quarantine Tolisio or Tolisso, uh, Bayern Munich. Now forwards, Giroud, Chelsea, Griezmann, Atletico Madrid, Kylian Mbappe, PSG, Thomas Lamar, Monaco, Nabil Fekir from Olympic Lyonnais, Florian Tauvin, former Newcastle player, Marseille, and Osmane Dembele, Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're, what they're, they had two issues. Um, at the Euros. One is that, I mean, they have, they have to play 4-3-3. Like, you can't bench. They ended up at the Euros. They ended up dropping N'Golo Conte, which is just not smart, especially because Matuidi's older and Conte can just do so much. And by playing Matuidi and Conte, you just let Pogba do whatever he wants, which yeah. is what can be good. What they, have, what they did was they played Griezmann out wide and Dimitri Payet out on the other side. And because Didier Deschamps wanted Olivier Giroud in the middle, which is like sticking Zlatan in the middle. It's like, hey, let's put this guy in the middle because he's really good at what he does. Um, but the other five guys that we're putting around him don't play that way. So, like, what you need to do is play Griezmann as your number nine, as not so much a striker, but more of a center forward, mm-hmm. maybe even a false nine but more of just a center forward and also have Mbappe on one side. And um, I would go. Os- I would I, go. No, Lamar, Lamar all day yeah. long. I would go Osman Dembele. <sighs> Osman Dembele is one of the most exciting players. I, admittedly, because of Lamar plays in Monaco and who the hell has watched a French football game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen a lot of him, but Osman Dembele, when I watched him last year, is one of the most exciting players I've ever, I've seen in a long time. So I would go with that. Okay. But, like, yeah. the key is you have to play Griezmann in the middle. If you play Giroud there, which Deschamps loves to do, 
everything else gets screwed up. And that's why, that's why in the in the Euros they had to switch to a four-two-three-one. They had to bring in Sissoko, which managed to free up everybody else. And that's why Sissoko now got a thirty-five million pound transfer to Tottenham. Like, it's just you're best off playing a four-three-three. It just you have to make it work. Yeah, I mean, also on that standby list for France, Mamadou Saku, uh, Musa Sissoko, and Kortsuma. I can't believe Sissoko even made the standby list. I'm surprised that Mamadou Saku made the standby list. Yeah, that's a defender. We need a defender. Kingsley oh Coman God. only on the standby list. Yeah. I mean, yep. I mean, well, France, but, like... but no, but that's deserved. Uh, look, the two guys, the, the, the guy that's the story... And I'm, I'm looking at this ESPN article where the story is Manchester United's Mark, Anthony Martial left out of France World Cup squad. That's the story because that's going to get clicks because it's Manchester United and Anthony Martial. The bottom line is France, especially at that position, the, the wide forward, yeah. the wide forward position is the Stacked. second most competitive position in world football, only behind Germany's wide forward position. Yeah. And Anthony, Mart- Anthony Martial did not deserve to be there. Now, Maybe he'd at, I was saying to you before the show, at the beginning of the season, I thought he was on the outside looking in. You know, like in the in the Euros, I thought he got a stiff deal. I thought he should have played more in the Euros. The Champs even came out at the end and he said, I want him to play more, but he was exhausted, partially because Louis van Gaal, who said like the year before, who said, Oh, he's young and he can't play every game, then proceeded to play him in every single game and he was exhausted. But then I thought this year, because he didn't have a good year last year, I thought and, you know, Osman Dembele came out and Kylian Mbappe came out. I thought he was on the outside looking in. At the beginning of the year, he started out great. And then Mourinho decided, I need to buy Alexis Sanchez. And that meant that instead of Rashford playing for Marcus Rashford playing for 60 minutes and Martial playing for 30 minutes and then swapping the next game, that meant Sanchez was going to play 90 minutes and occasionally would come off. And when occasionally he came off, Martial and Rashford had to split that time. And I mean, Martial had had 11 goals and four assists before United signed Sanchez. He had one assist after they signed Sanchez. So, yeah, in the last five months, he hasn't been on good form. It's not really a surprise he didn't make it. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, and, you know, you mentioned Germany. I mean, this midfield that, you know, I know they put out, they did the thing with the provisional squads. They, they got a provisional squad of 27 guys. But the midfielders in this squad, Julian Brandt, Julian Drexler, Leon Goretzka, Gundogan, Kadira, Kroos, yeah. Ozil, Rudy, and Sané. I mean, wow. Yeah, Germany are stacked. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we're not even talking about right now. Like, Dimitri Payet just got hurt, and he's missing out on the French team, which people were talking about yesterday. Like, hey, like, you know, Dimitri Payet's out. And I, I was like, well, wait, Dimitri Payet... Has he started one game in in, a, in the past in the past year since last March? I think is the last. Oh no, he started the game in June. He's played seven minutes since October. Like, you know, so yes, like can Dimitri Payet? He can provide a service for France, but ultimately, like his absence just feels like how Marco Royce got hurt right before the World Cup for Germany um, in 2014, and it was like, oh, they're going to be without Marco Royce but they still have all these players. And that's exactly what it is. Like you're looking at Germany right now. And it's like, yeah, if one of these guys gets hurt, it's like, Oh, we're without that guy. Like, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
they don't even have. There are players, you know, Mario, uh, Mario Gotze is, he's not on the, Mario Gotze I thought was not in the team. He's not. Right. I mean, Gotze's not in the team. They don't really have, other than Ilkay, oh, they have Sammy Kadira there. Um, yeah. I thought Julian Weigel deserves to be in the team. He's not even anywhere close to it. No. Um, you can't, you can't I, have three Julian. You know, they already got Brandt and Draxler. You can't have a third one. Sorry. I mean, if, just look at you look at the midfielders. How many young guys they have? Julian Brandt, Leroy Sané, uh, Leon Goretzka, Julian Draxler is an old twenty-four at this point. Timo Werner's twenty-two. Uh, Mario Gomez somehow getting into the squad is it's like a joke. Because I, I mean, yeah, but I mean that that's like one of the few positions where they don't have like. Uh, bevy of world-class players. It's, so, fa- it's all right, so that's exactly what my friend said. False. They, yes, they didn't take a lot of strikers. I think Timo Werner's a striker also, is yes. he? Yeah, Werner's a striker, um, and he's yeah. solid. Right. They don't need more than one. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, first of all, they play with one striker, if yeah. that. So they only need one. Second, like, Marco, first of all, Marco Royce and Thomas Mueller are both capable of playing center forward. Um, capable, Yes. They're but. both fine to play centrally. Second of all, Germany can play with a false nine easily. Third of all, when you have 17,000 attacking midfielders, you can get by without a striker. I mean, they got, like, Bayern Munich used to line up Mario Gotze as a striker. Yeah, no, I'm or, not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they like, won't be fine, but they don't have, like, you know, for a while there, they had Klose, who was awesome. Yeah. Right, but and like it, it almost didn't even make sense that Cossett was awesome because all the other players are so much more. T- I think Thomas Mueller would be fine if you played him down the middle. Yeah, and I, it, I it mean, would almost make yes, him more I hope he would. Because you, because I hope he older. would bounce back too, because he's what? been in a sort of a slump. Yeah, but to, all right, but Thomas Mueller can be in a slump. He's also scored like eleven goals in the last two World Cups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he gets when he gets out there in a World Cup, he'll score goals. And at this point, he is older. It's like you could put a younger, more dynamic person out on the way. It's like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like at this point now, you play him down the middle as as your striker because he'll score goals. But you get a more dynamic player down on the wing. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Also, I mean, Manuel Neuer is in the provisional squad. We'll see if he'll get. The final squad here when he do decide to cut the last couple of players. Right he'll now. be he'll be in the squad. He'll be in the squad. Battling injuries, so we'll see. He'll recover from his injury and he'll be in the squad. They, I mean, if not, then they got Ter Stegen, who's pretty good too. So we'll see what happens there. Let's move over to the FA Cup final uh, Saturday. Uh, kickoff is at twelve fifteen Eastern Time. Chelsea against Manchester United. And uh, Paulie, if you can, will be so kind to disclose the starting eleven for United. Um, how do you how do you think Mourinho will attack this game, and who will he start? Ooh, uh, attack is not the right word. No, <laughs> that's exactly what. I was How will he defend this game? Attack, yeah. How will there he bore go. Chelsea into oblivion? How much of the bus will he park, and where yes. will he park it? Yes. Uh, Wembley Stadium, yep. so North London, yep. <laughs> Northwest London. The bus will be parked, um, probably decked out in British flags for the wedding. Oh God. Um, oh yeah, that's this Saturday too. Yeah. Yeah, so Prince, Prince Williams got a little bit of a kerfuffle here. 
can he go to the game and then go straight to church or or is he no, so the, a United or a Chelsea fan? He's actually an Aston Villa fan, but he's the head of the FA, so he's the <laughs> one that has to present the trophy. Oh, funny. Um, the wedding is actually there's a, it's a lunchtime thing. Just have the wedding at Wembley. Come on, just kill two birds and one stone. It's a lunchtime thing, and then they are taking a break in the middle of the afternoon, and then reconvening for a dinner thing, mm. which is supposed to be at like eight p.m. They haven't actually said if Prince William is effect- is attending the game not or not, but they haven't said he's not. And both the FA and the royal family have said the two events will not interfere with each other. Okay. So he'll be. Um, but, like, they also said, like, the they reconvened for dinner at, like, 8 p.m. They, they've been saying, like, it's rumored that he's going to take a helicopter from the game back to the wedding. Uh, but the dinner's at like eight o'clock and the game kicks off at five fifteen. So if it goes into extra time, like that becomes an issue. Yeah. You just push the dinner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what you got to do. Sorry. True. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, the, the dinner doesn't get all the press coverage. That's all in the afternoon. So yeah. Yeah, I can push dinner. Um, you know, De Gea is going to play and if he, which will probably bother Fox because they won't play the whole they won't be able to be like whoa De Gea is not playing probably because he's leaving this summer storyline yeah um he's not leaving um although those Marc-Andre Ter Stegen rumors to United are hilarious um so De Gea will play Antonio Valencia will play Small is gonna play the only question mark is whether Phil Jones or Eric Bailly plays next to him. I think it'll be Bailly. I think Mourinho threw Bailly out there in the last game just so he could be like, all right, you're match fit. Now you're ready. You can play in the FA Cup final. Um, Ashley Young will play. The midfield will be Nemanja Matic, Paul Pogba, and Ander Herrera. And the front three is going to be Lingard, Lukaku, and Sanchez. I mean, no one really played that well recently to even force themselves into the discussion, but, like, the discussion would have been a force to begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're playing a team You're playing a team that is pretty much dead. None of them want to be playing anymore. Uh, the manager doesn't want to be managing anymore. But at the same time, he probably wants to get one over Mourinho. But can he rally the players? Yeah, I mean, it all it all seems like this is going to be Conte's last game in charge. Uh, but where's Conte going? Because it all seemed like he was going to go to PSG, or maybe Jose back, back had to... one foot into PSG, and suddenly PSG hired Thomas Tuchel, which is a double blow, because that's the guy who should have been managing at United. Back to Italy. And where? Wait, yeah. Italy. No, no, the national team. Yeah. I, no, what's exactly, his face? Yeah. Just, Mancini just took that job. Oh, he did? Yeah. That was like news two days ago. Roberto Mancini got hired. How the hell did I miss this? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're totally right. Three days ago. Why? That's so, a bad hire. Yeah. Conte would be much better. Conte would be a lot better. Yeah. So where's he going? Like, so if he leaves, where's he going? Why would they? Unless he's, unless he's going to some club, uh, huh. Unless he's going to some club in North London that needs a manager. Yeah. Huh. Well. Hmm. That would be interesting. I would take Antonio Conte. <laughs> Dude, I've ha- I've heard some storylines about like whether. I, just, I don't think whether... he wants to stay in England though. No, no he doesn't. He, he wants to get the hell out of here. <laughs> that's that's been the whole like. Uh... 
The whole issue is like he hates England. <laughs> well, maybe he already said no to the Italy job then, and then they went with Manzini. Um, I mean, I, I find it hard to make the move from Italy to England anyway, just from a lifestyle perspective. Yeah, those yeah, are two no completely kidding. different people, and also one country eats really well, and the other country is England. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is totally, totally true. Although I've had some decent food in England. Yeah, uh. I've had great Indian food in England. Yeah, that's what they're. Yeah, that's what that's, they're, that's essentially their great national cuisine now. Great, Thanks, great Indian, Indian food. Uh, right, but that's also like how like you can get great Mexican food in the United States, and that's like, some it's, parts. It's, yes, not here. Yeah. I can tell you that Cincinnati. Oh, well, you're from Mexican Cincinnati. Food, yeah. Go move to a place like New York where there's culture and different people. And like, and I'm in Manhattan where everything's like commercialized. Like, you have to go to like the outer, like you go to Astoria. Like, that's where the actual Greeks are, where you get actual Greek food, and and like Queens is where like you get the actual like people, where like the food becomes more authentic and not like, hey, like we heard you like Mexican food, have our Chipotle. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I've, <laughs> I spent time, quite a lot of time in California and Arizona, where there's the best Mexican food. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um, round things up here, as always. Well, let's. Uh, how do you think it's gonna go? Let's end with that. The FA Cup final, you mean? Yes. I th- I think United. I think United take it in a KG one nil, maybe two nil victory, just based on Chelsea's current horror show form. But you never know. Maybe they'll pull an Arsenal and get the upset a year after they were upset, but they certainly look like garbage this year. Um, you know, I think Conde would love to pull one over Mourinho. I think, uh, what's his face? Abramovich would love to pull one over Mourinho. I just, I don't think they have the ears of the players. I don't think Mourinho has the ears of the United players, but they are motivated by a trophy. Um, they do like to win those. So I think United will win this game. I think Alexis scores. I think Giroud scores because they both always score in the FA Cup. It's at Wembley. They both always score at Wembley. It'll really piss off Arsenal fans. And then United, they'll get a second goal, probably from Jesse Lingard, because he also seems to find that at Wembley. Um, yeah, or Lukaku scores against his old team. I think United will win 2-1. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with Elliot there. I think like one nothing, United. Uh, but we'll see. We'll but, like, Chelsea might score first because, like, remember United sitting back and defending is bad because they are bad at defending. Um, <laughs> David, David, they did, like, the stats on it, and, like, David De Gea, like, saved more actual, like, goals, like, based on, like, XG, like, expected goals and all that stuff. Like, not just, like, shots conceded and everything, but, like, goals that should have went in. Yeah. David De Gea yeah. saved more of those than anybody else. Anybody that says United have a good defense, like, they really don't. No, you they know, have a they, world they, class goalkeeper. They get bailed out so badly by their goalkeeper. Yep. Yeah, and not um, merely world class, the best. In right. The world. So, like, their whole sitting back and defending and absorbing that pressure, they don't really absorb pressure. Yeah. So, when they do that, which is what they're going to do, it'll just be like Tottenham. Like, they're inviting you to score, and then they have to come out of their cage, and then United will be able to score. 
Yeah, we'll see how things shake out. We'll talk to you again after the weekend and break down how it actually went on in the FA Cup funnel. Until then, you can always talk to us on Twitter. I'm Seb Nor and Paul is Pequistal and Elliot is Keats was better. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.